Welcome to the All Nations Aurora podcast, where you will find family, discover purpose, and change the world. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will speak directly to your life through this message. We are continuing a collection of conversations that we have deemed change your world. Has anybody learned anything thus far from this collection of conversations? Yes, it's been a very challenging, challenging conversation that has been ongoing for the last several weeks. Um, But it's been challenging for all the right reasons. Because what this conversation is helping us to realize is that we are here for a reason. And what this conversation is helping us to realize is that every second that we spend not pursuing that reason, not operating in that reason, we are literally wasting our life. The Bible declares to us that he knit us together in our mother's womb. I'm not a knitter, but I've seen it. And it's a very intricate process. It's not something that you just snap your fingers and this wonderful blanket appears. But there's a lot of tying together. There's a lot of detail. There's a lot of effort put into knitting something together. And he did that when he created you. So what he wants to do above all, if you don't hear nothing else, he wants you to stop wasting his time because the time that we have on this earth is his. And we're called to steward it, to manage it well. And so he's been pushing us for the last several weeks to get a firm understanding of that. And so we started in the first week and we looked at the big picture and we talked about the seven mountains of influence, the seven mountains of influence. And I wanna encourage, if you didn't hear that part of the conversation, go to our YouTube channel and go watch part one, because it's important to know that for any society, for any world, for any region to change, history shows that there are certain industries that affect the change. And God has called us to be change agents in this world. And he didn't call all of us to do that in the church. Amen? He called some of us to do that in the church. But he did not call all of us to do that in the church. He wants some of us to go into government. Amen? He wants some of us to go into media. Amen? He wants some of us to go into education. He wants us in every industry that impacts change. We got enough preachers. We have enough preachers. (laughs) We need some principals. (laughs) We need some politicians. We need some movie directors that got the Holy Ghost in them that they can help advance the kingdom agenda on earth as it is in heaven. And this whole time, there's been a hallmark verse, uh, passages of scripture too, 
that we use to kind of set the stage for what we're talking about. And that's Matthew 5, 14 through 16. This is the big idea to change your world. You are the world's light. A city on a hill, glowing in the night for all to see. Don't hide your light. Let it shine for all. Let your, here it is, good deeds glow for all to see. And the end game is this. I don't, I don't want you to miss the end game. He's not sending you to those areas of influence for you to get famous. Let me bust your bubble up front. The end game is that they will praise your heavenly Father. They will praise your heavenly Father. They will praise your heavenly Father. The end game is for God to get the glory out of your life. And if that offends you, you're not a Christian. Because the fact that he came and he sacrificed his life for you, he did that so that you can in turn sacrifice your life for him. And when you think about it, it's not even a fair exchange. Us sacrificing our life back to him cannot even compare to the sacrifice that he made for us. And if you don't get that in your spirit up front, you're gonna miss everything that we're talking about here today. So this is part four of this conversation and we're gonna use that gentleman by the name of Daniel to help us understand this next principle that he is trying to get us. We're gonna be looking at a couple of scriptures in Daniel chapter five, and it reads, there is a man in your kingdom who has within him the spirit of the holy gods, lowercase g. During Nebuchadnezzar's reign, this man was found to have insight, understanding, and wisdom like that of the gods, lowercase g. Verse 12, this man Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar, has exceptional ability and is filled with divine knowledge and understanding. He can interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Jump to 14. I have heard, this is now the king speaking to Daniel, that you have the spirit of the gods, lowercase g, within you, and that you are filled with insight, understanding, and wisdom. Today I'm going to be teaching from the topic of black excellence. Black excellence. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just welcome you into this moment. This is your church. These are your people. We want to hear from you. So Lord, have your way. Grow us up. 
Help us to be more like you. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. And all God's people said, amen. So for the last eight years, uh, it'll be nine years next month, my wife and I have been running a financial education company called His and Her Money. Thank you. But at the, at the front end of our journey in this company, we were taking people on a personal journey of ours where uh, we decided that we weren't going to wait 30 years to pay off our house. We weren't going to wait 15 years to pay off our house. We were going to do it in five years. And by the Lord's grace, five years from the day that we closed on the house, we walked into the bank and we made our very last mortgage payment by the grace of God. And so when we began to share our story, um, it caught fire a little bit. And at this point in my life, I was still in education and I was a dean. And I was in the hallway. Now, mind you, I had my nine to five life and I had my business life. And at my nine to five, I wasn't around there telling everybody what I did offline. But one day, after we accomplished what we accomplished, this little boy, about this tall, came up to me and said, hey, Mr. McNeely, hey, man, I saw you on the shade room. I was like, huh? My first, my, you know, my heart jumped. I'm like, wait a minute, now what? And so somehow, the shade room had found out about our story. Now, here's the thing. We had already been featured in publications like Yahoo Finance, CNBC, even Forbes. But I knew I made it when I made the shade room. <laughs> That's how I knew <laughs> that we had done something. We had accomplished it. We made the shade room. <laughs> and so people were cheering us on, and I saw more than once they would comment, black excellence. This is an example of black excellence. So that phraseology had its roots back in the 70s. It was synonymous with things like black power and things like that. It kind of died. And like in the 2000s, it kind of came back to life and people were using the hashtag and some celebrities were using it. So it's supposed to represent when something exceptional is done by an African-American. But I want to bring a kingdom version of this when we talk about black excellence. It has nothing to do with your race or your ethnicity at all. If you are a citizen of the kingdom, you qualify for hashtag black excellence. Here's what I mean by that. If you look at the very first scripture in your Bible, you'll find a proclamation that this world that we live in was black. There was nothing. And that the spirit of God was hovering to and fro over the waters. And the first thing that was created was what? Light, which means that there was none. And God 
started with a black blank canvas and he created something excellent. He is our blueprint for our pursuit of our purpose. A lot of times we want God to tell us what to do and then to open every door so all we got to do is just walk in. But that's not how this thing works. There is an effort, a responsibility on us. Yeah, God called you, God assigned you, but the rest is on you. I can see y'all are so excited for me to say that. I know you want me to tell you that manna from heaven is about to drop down and the keys to the building are on the way. The job is on the way. The business is on the way. That'll get y'all excited, right? But we're going to talk about the Bible. <laughs> so let's, let's look at what the word excellence actually means. By definition, the word excellence means the quality of being outstanding <laughs> or extremely good. Outstanding or extremely good. In other words, average isn't good enough. In other words, good isn't good enough. So it's not enough for you to be a good mother. It's not enough for you to be a good father. It's not enough for you to be a good employee. It's not enough for you to be a good business owner. God wants you to be excellent. Why? Because you're made in his image and his likeness. And there's nothing average about the God that created you and I. There's nothing average about the image and the likeness of the God that created you and I. So if you're made in his image, then you should be operating, pursuing excellence at all times in every area of your life. Now, it's a pursuit. It's a journey that we are all on. The question is, are you standing still? Or are you placing one foot in front of the other? Or are you headed in the wrong direction? The answer to this question is very important because it's gonna determine if you're going to waste God's time or you're gonna maximize his time. Because not only was his blood a gift, his, not only was his blood a gift, but so is his time. The fact that we're still here is a gift. We have to stop waking up every morning like we were old breath. When we inhale and exhale, he's giving us a gift. And we have to stop wasting those gifts. Gifts are not just prophecy. Gifts are not just healing. Gifts are not just apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and prophets. But this day is a gift. 
This is a gift as well. You have to stop taking these gifts of his for granted. So when we look at this situation, when we look at Daniel, this is not Daniel's first rodeo standing before a king. We most famously know Daniel for being put in the lion's den. Or we know him because he stood before King Nebuchadnezzar because King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that he had to interpret. This situation is not King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. This is now King Nebuchadnezzar's son, who is now the king, who also has a dream. And so Daniel has spent so much time pursuing excellence that his reputation precedes him. So now this new king is struggling with a dream and somebody says, hey, I know somebody that could help you. I know someone who's excellent at what they do. Because you, you got to understand that this king has all kind of people who supposedly could interpret dreams. He's got a whole style of people who are supposed to be supernatural and spiritual. Y'all know them. They pray to the universe. And they're really, really, really deep. Until it's game time. Until something hits the fan. And they keep talking to the universe and nothing happens. See, that works in certain situations. But there's, a, there's another that's another level, right? The, the, the disciples went out on one occasion and they were able to heal people and they were able to cast out demons. But then there came another time where they really tried with all their might. They were like, man, we can't get this one. And they were confused because Jesus ran up on it and the demon came out. They was like, Lord, what happened? They said, some can only come out through fasting and praying because there's another level. And you, when you hit that next level, you start to realize what's real and what's fake. The real source of your help versus the source of your oppression. Because only the Spirit of God can get us to where we need to be. Any other spirit is a trap. Any other spirit is a distraction. So Daniel had access to the real thing. And so when all these phonies with their false sources couldn't get the job done, somebody remembered Daniel. And they said, there is a man in your kingdom who has within him the spirit of the holy gods. Now they, they thought one thing, he had the spirit of the holy God. They just thought it was the different God. But it was the only true and living God. That's why Daniel was summoned. Does anybody know who you are? Do you have a reputation of excellence that proceeds you? At your job, when there's a situation, can they say, I know a man in this company? I know a woman in this organization that can get the job done. 
we have to move in excellence, just like Daniel did. So we're going to look at a couple of, couple of principles from this passage to help us to move in excellence. So the first point that we have to realize is this. We cannot fear dark places. We spend so much time grooming talented Christians for the church because we say we're not supposed to be like the world. That's true, but that doesn't mean that we're not supposed to be like Jesus in that world. We cannot fear dark places. Daniel wasn't at church. He was in Babylon which don't care nothing about Jesus, didn't care nothing about God the Father. They had their own gods. They was evil. And Daniel was right there. He wasn't spending a bunch of time saying, Lord, get me out of here. You know I'm called to preach. When they gonna give me the mic? No. Right where he was, he went in. Right where he was, he was in a kingdom ambassador in that dark, sinful world. The problem with us is we're scared of dark places. We think that the only place that these gifts, talents, and abilities that God has deposited us can only be used in the church context, and that's just not true. We have too many examples otherwise in our Bible, and this is one of them. So we have to be okay with being sent to a place that's not full of light. Remember our theme text, you are the light. There is no need for light unless something is dark. You don't need light for things that are already lit. Does that make sense? So we cannot fear dark places. Your job is a dark place. Your neighborhood is a dark place. Your school is a dark place. Your industry is a dark place. And guess what? You're being called to take the light into that dark. But that first starts with not being afraid of the dark. If you're afraid of the dark, even in just a regular natural circumstance, if you are afraid of the dark, you will not enter in, right or wrong. Anybody who's afraid of the dark, and if all the lights go off in this building, they will scream. Because fear will take over. But we learned last week that God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, and so we cannot submit to the fear. Fear is an emotion. That's natural. It happens. It's supposed to teach us something or warn us about something. But the spirit of fear is something that overtakes our spirit and paralyzes us from moving forward. There's a difference. And so since the spirit of fear isn't given to us by God, then we have to not be paralyzed by the spirit of fear. So when he tells you where you're to go, you cannot be afraid of dark places because you're not going alone. He doesn't send you anywhere without sending his spirit with you. 
which takes us to our verses for not fearing dark places. In the book of John, John opens up his book describing the Jesus that he served for three years, the Jesus that he loves. He says, in the beginning, the word, that's capital W because that represents Jesus, already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. So Jesus doesn't arrive on the scene in Matthew. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word, Jesus, gave life to everything that was created. That's you. And his life brought life to everyone. That's you. And now here's what you're supposed to do with that. The light shines in darkness. The light shines in darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. He's sending you there, but he's sending you there with confidence in him, saying that he gave you life, and in that life that he gave you, he put his light in there. And so when you go into these dark places because of his light in you, the darkness will not extinguish that light. His light will not go out. You do not have to be afraid of where he is sending you. But here's the key to your fear being extinguished. It's the next point. We must faithfully take the light with us. So he's sending you, but it's up to you to take the light to the dark place. Because if you don't take the light to the dark place, you become a candidate to become dark. Mm -hmm. That's why you can't find pride in your degrees. That's why you can't find pride in your promotion. That's why you can't find pride in your business taking off because all that we have is because of his light. And he's counting on us to be excellent, but he's counting on us to come to him as the source of our excellence. Because the moment we think that we are excellent because of our human efforts, we are now a candidate for a fall. Because pride goes before destruction. And so the moment that you think you were promoted because you're such a good employee, not because the light of Jesus is in you helping you to become such a good employee, next thing you know, layoffs. Because you didn't take the light with you. And the thing about it is we have to be faithful to it because it is so easy to make it about us. We were born selfish. Those of you who are parents, you can attest. These little jokers think it's all about them. (laughs) What they want, what they need, we're supposed to bend over backwards to make it happen. After all, it's our fault that they're here. (laughs) Because we're naturally prone to selfishness. We're naturally prone to self-centeredness, which is anti-Christ. Not the anti-Christ, but that posture of your heart is anti 
anti-Christ. The minute, the millisecond we stop giving him credit, we are in grave danger. And so the Bible says in Psalms 119, 105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. If you are operating in these spheres of influence without filling yourself with God's word, you are likely to walk down the wrong path. Because his word is what guides our feet. His word is where we find our instructions on how to operate in these kingdoms that you are operating in. You think that you're only supposed to learn, and we'll talk about that, from sources that are just strictly related to that industry. But the number one source of information, no matter where your assignment takes you, is the word of God. Because above any mantle, the man has to be dealt with first. The woman has to be dealt with first. Because if your character can't keep up with the accolades, you are a candidate for destruction. So you have to take the word of God with you because the word of God helps you to deal with you. The word of God helps you to become a better you. The word of God helps you to be the Christ-like version of you because you weren't born that way. You need instruction on how to become a representative of God's kingdom on the earth. Yes, He's sending you into dark places. Yes, you should not fear those dark places, but you need to take the light with you into those dark places or, can, or else can't nobody see nothing. Because they dark and now you're dark. The goal is to take light into the dark places. So even if you are called to be a singer, what does the word of God say about you, the person behind the voice? If God has called you to be a government official, what does the word of God have to say about you, the person behind the policy? You need the word of God to help develop you into the man or woman that can shoulder the weight of the responsibility of the call. If you are not in God's word, then you have no idea about God's mind. And if you don't have any idea about God's mind, you are operating under your father, the devil. It's really black or white. You need to take the light with you. Please stop just reading your Bibles on Sundays when it's on the screen. Y'all don't even bring Bibles to church. You're just waiting for it to come up on the screen. What about Monday through Saturday? What are you doing to cultivate the word of God into your life on a regular basis? Thank you, Marvin. I see your Bible. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I got mine, Pastor. <laughs> but on a regular basis, do you even know who you are to God? Because when you go into these dark places, there's some dark people there that's gonna to try to give you an identity that's different than God's identity for you. But if you don't know what God says about you, what other people say about you will start to make sense for all the wrong reasons. And they're gonna tell you who you are. And because they're articulate and good with their speech and it kind of makes a little sense, 
you start to subscribe to what your family, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, and everybody else in this world says about you because you have no idea what God says about you. That's why you need the word of God to guide your feet. Number three, we have to perpetually further our knowledge of our craft. You don't become excellent accidentally. You can receive supernatural downloads. He can give you witty inventions, but there's still a stewardship that you have to take on because an idea doesn't become manifested in the earth realm without human effort. An idea is just something in your head. It can be worth a million dollars, but not on earth if it stays in your head. You're not going to get promoted if you show up 10 minutes late every day instead of 10 minutes early. That's not excellent. You're never going to be promoted if you're not pursuing more knowledge about your, remember the goal is excellence. The goal is not average. You don't represent the kingdom by being an okay employee. You don't represent the kingdom by having an okay business. The, the streets in heaven are made of gold. We're going to walk on gold, drive on gold. I don't know if we're going to have horses and camels. I don't know they had it in the Bible, so there might be some up there. But on gold. Gold is under our feet. Can you imagine how much excellence is in heaven if gold is under our feet? So we cannot be okay with just being okay. We don't get to build a reputation that proceeds us by just showing up, clocking in at nine, clocking out at five, and going home. There has to be some type of pursuit of being above average. Why? because we are living our life with the end goal in mind for God to get the glory out of our life. If you don't look like nothing, people ain't gonna want your God. If you're the one at work always complaining, why would they care about your scripture that you're trying to post on Facebook? Wait a minute, you was just If you the one got all the teeth, I got them right there, babe. <laughs> if you're the source of all the tea, what the heck is kingdom about that? You should be the one that people are coming to for hope, not tea. You're the one that people should be coming to when they don't know where else to turn. You should be at work dealing hope, not gossip. Because we're kingdom citizens now. And we're taking light with us into dark places. We're not exchanging darkness at the, at the water cooler. 
Somebody's got to be different. Somebody's got to be Daniel-like. Second Peter 1, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and what? Excellence. And because of his glory and what? Excellence. He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral what? Excellence. And moral excellence with knowledge. So be a good person with good deeds, but also be smart. It said that not only was Daniel known to have insight, which is what we dealt with when we talk about the light, having the light with you, because having God's presence and his spirit with you gives you insight that other people won't have because they don't have access to the mind of God. But he said that he also had intelligence. Does anybody think you're smart? Does anybody think that you possibly have an answer for them? Everything ain't by faith. Some of it is by brain cells. Something God wants us to do requires our brain cells to be strong. That's why I need to go to foundations. My wife and I spent all last week in Atlanta doing what? Were we on vacation? Heck no. We were in training because God called us to this church, to this region. And because we want to do what he's called us to do, we are pursuing excellence in the assignment. So we got on a plane. I literally, when I got off the stage last Sunday, went straight to the airport, got on the plane, and we were in classes till one, two, three o'clock in the morning. All week last week. And then had to spend all day Saturday taking nine final exams. Why? Because this church ain't finna be average. Because this assignment isn't average. We are pursuing excellence And because we're pursuing excellence, we know, we know that we have to go deeper in our knowledge of our craft because excellence doesn't happen accidentally. You got to be willing to be uncomfortable and dive into the nuances of what you're called to do. Just because the assignment came supernaturally doesn't mean that your development will. You need to pursue cultivating your call. Do you even have a library card? It's free. Them libraries got books. Them books got knowledge. That knowledge can help you in your call. 
but you on Facebook. Why they get quiet? <laughs> Do you know that if you just read 10 minutes a day, you can read a book a month? But you ain't got 10 minutes, right? You can, re- you can really get bowed in. If you spent 45 minutes a day reading a book, you would read a book a week. But you don't got time, right? Because you're so busy doing what? I dare you to go into your iPhone and look at your screen time app. Okay, all right. I'm going to just take my time right there. Now, I don't know what your Android users are going to do. But for those of you who are blessed to have an iPhone, we can take a look real quick. And we can see what's what. We can see where them 10 minutes is at. We can find them. We're just going to pray for you Android users. I'm sure there's something that you can figure out. But the point of the matter is this. You need to be pursuing excellence in your call by cultivating your knowledge, your knowledge. Come on down from the third heaven, come to earth and read a book. Take some type of training at your job. Take some type of course to become a better entrepreneur. Do something to cultivate your intelligence. Because as a kingdom citizen, we can't just be known for faith. We should be and we will be. But in addition to that, that's why he said not just moral excellence, but he added to moral excellence, he said, and knowledge. You got to know something about something. People need, you got to understand that that's a tool. When you can have an intelligent conversation about something non-church related, it becomes a doorway for you to witness to somebody about Jesus. That's why you have to have more to talk about than what your pastor said on Sunday. Do you know what's going on in the world? Do you have any opinion? Do you know how to help me grow my business? Do you know how to help me get to the next level in this organization? Are the Bears going to win any games this week or this year? Can you talk about anything else? Then what pastor say at Sunday? You got to understand that God is intelligent. So if God is intelligent and you're made in the likeness and image of God, why do you keep dumbing yourself down to fit in? Some of us are full of intelligence. We were so zealous at one point in our life about developing ourselves. But because of the people that we're around, because of the situations that we put ourselves in, we have dumbed down our anointing to fit in, to blend in, to not stand out. Do you know what lights do? They stand out. You see the light. It stands out in the darkness. So you are not called to blend in. 
You are called to shine a light. And part of shining your light is having intelligence. Pursue further knowledge of your craft. What type of professional development opportunities are in your organization that are available to you? Do they have tuition reimbursement? I'm just being practical with you to, to try to get your brain cells moving. Do they have tuition reimbursement? Is there some type of certification that you can take to help you stand out? To help you build a reputation of excellence instead of a reputation of average? The last one is we must find solutions to problems. We must find solutions to problems. Let me help you out. Wealthy people don't pursue money. That's not how they got wealthy. They pursue problems. They look for problems because if they can identify a problem, they can identify a solution. And if they identify and create the solution, the wealth comes. That's why they don't chase money. They pursuing becoming a solutionist. How much so for kingdom citizens? Are we a solution to anybody's problem? Can anybody come to us for an answer? When they announced to the king to consider Daniel, one of the things that they said he could do was solve difficult problems. If you are not the answer to anybody's problem, how can the light enter in? Second Peter 1 and 3, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. Why would something crooked need to be made straight? There's a problem that needs a solution. And he's saying, I will go before you, but you got to go too. He didn't say, I'll go fix it. He said, I'll go before you, but he's, his expectation is for you to come behind him. He's going to go into the situation, but you're the representation of the solution in the earth. But if you don't follow this journey to becoming excellent, then ain't nobody looking for you. Ain't nobody come to see you, Otis. I don't know why that just came in my spirit. <laughs> Is anybody looking for you? Are you the star of the show? We know who the real star is, but you are his representation in the earth. You, you, you. Is anybody looking for you? Is anybody calling your name in rooms of authority when you're not present? Is anybody throwing your name to kings and decision makers? You got to understand that you have the ability to put your name in the mouths of people 
who have the chance to change your destiny. It comes down to a pursuit of excellence and running away from just being average. 1 Corinthians 12 and 27 says this, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. In this passage of scriptures, Paul is teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. And he outlines and articulates what those different gifts are. And then he ends this chapter with verse 31 and says, and now I will show you the most excellent way. Because remember, when we're talking black excellence, we're not talking about race or ethnicity. We're talking about the kingdom. So all these things that we are trying to do, all these ways that we are trying to become excellent, we understand that we can't fear the dark places. We understand that we have to take the light with us everywhere that we go. We understand that we have to perpetually further our knowledge of our craft, and we must find solutions to problems, but why? Those are what's, but why? So when the Apostle Paul articulated the gifts of the Spirit all throughout chapter 12, he was leading them into chapter 13. Does anybody know what 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter is all about? The whole chapter is about one topic, love. The most excellent way is love. For God so loved the world. Everything that he created from nothing into something, he created it out of love. And so the reason that you're pursuing being excellent, being a light, standing out, being an answer, being a solution, is to exemplify the Father's love on this earth. You're not to do it for selfish gain. You're not to do it for fame or for fortune. You're not to do it for a blue check on social media. You're doing it to exemplify the love of the Father because the goal of this entire pursuit is his glory. And he gets glory out of you loving his people. So the reason that you get that degree, that certification, start that business, excel at work, is because you want to exemplify God's love. So in those moments, in those opportunities, when somebody is at their lowest, because your reputation has preceded you, there'll be a moment, we talked about that last week, there'll be an opportunity, there'll be an open door for you to come in with the love of Jesus and totally change your world. There's a couple of ways that we can do that. You can, you can start this ASAP. How do we exemplify the most excellent way in our pursuit of excellence? We add value to them. This is not slapping them upside the head with your Bible. Matthew 5 and 13 just says, you're the salt of the earth. Salt makes things better. Can people, can people just come be in your presence and feel better?
Or are you so full of negativity that everybody avoids you? Have you presented yourself in any way, shape, or fashion as somebody that anybody can come to? Or do you have walls all around you? Your politics, your faith, walls. Your socioeconomic status, walls. That you don't even make yourself presentable. And if you don't even make yourself presentable, there's no way you can add value to anybody's life because they don't want nothing to do with you. One of the first keys to entrepreneurship, if you want your business to grow, is you add value. Before you ask, this is a business principle, before you ask anybody to buy anything from you, you first have to add value to their life. You got to answer some type of question that they've been struggling with. Because then they find that valuable. They see you as a resource of knowledge and information. The same is true when it comes to the kingdom. If you don't have the ability to add value to anybody's life in any way, why would they care about the God you serve? Because the minute somebody else adds value to their life, they're going to want to pursue what's behind that person. The reason that you become a resource is so that you can tell somebody about your source. Who is God your father? So we exemplify the most excellent way in our pursuit of excellence by adding value to people's lives. Just go be a good person, please. When you go to work tomorrow, can you just be a good person? Can you not walk in there talking about what they didn't do and the boss ain't this and my coworker ain't that? Can you just be a light tomorrow? Can you give anybody a compliment about anything tomorrow? Can you help somebody with something at work tomorrow? Add, add value. Here's the second one. Build intentional community with them. God, so quiet, babe. I think I lost them. God is a community. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. They are in community. You are made in his image and his likeness. So he didn't create you to isolate. There was one in heaven who tried to isolate himself. And he was kicked out. So isolation is demonic. These dark places that you're going into, yeah, you're going to have to build community with them too. God didn't create you. God didn't save you just to hang 
with church folk. Light in dark places, not light in light places. Yes, you need Christian community. You need to be cultivating your faith. We're going to have tribes here. We're going to have small groups. We're going to have opportunity for us to build together. In comma, you need to be a light in dark places. So you don't need to be at work just sitting at your desk and going home. Ain't saying nothing to nobody. That doesn't look like Jesus. Jesus was at the tax collector's house, the worst of the worst, kicking it, said he was reclining. At the sinner's house. So you don't always have to turn down the invitations to go watch the game. Not one amen, Brandon. Go be normal. Just be normal. Take Jesus with you, but be normal. Stop acting like you can't do nothing. Be normal. Build intentional community with people who don't go to your church. Because you are called to be a light in dark places. Take Jesus with you out there. I mean, you won't even go to, to lunch with nobody. Everybody going to lunch, like, oh, no thanks. You know, light, mix, light with darkness don't mix. They eating sandwiches. You, you can't go eat a sandwich with them? Sick of it. Be normal. Take the light with you but be normal. That's how we win people. We trying to gut a fish before we catch it. You going out with a knife instead of bait. There's a kingdom agenda at hand. The goal is the cross, but You got to make them want what you have. And you showing up with a knife doesn't make anybody want what you have. Because guess what? That's not how you got to know him. That's not how your heavenly father dealt with you. He didn't come at you with a knife. He came at you with open arms telling you to come home. but you spending all your energy telling people how wrong they are, how sinful they are. I wouldn't want your God either. I would call you judgmental too. Because God leads with love. And so we must lead with love. This is what 
excellence looks like. If you keep reading that story in Daniel, when Daniel shows up and the king says, I heard about you. Heard you got insight and intelligence and wisdom. Wisdom and intelligence are different, by the way, because wisdom is knowing when and where and how to imply your intelligence. So it's not just enough to read the books, but you need wisdom on when and where and how to apply the information that you have learned, intelligence and wisdom. He said, if you can interpret my dream, I'll give you a purple robe and put a ring on your finger and give you riches. He said, you can keep all that. I'll tell you what your dream is about, but I ain't here for that. I'm on assignment. So I have no problem telling you your dream because God placed me in this environment to be a light. Are you okay with being a light with no credit? Are you okay with being a light with no award? Are you okay with being a light with no social media announcement? Just to get God glory. He said, King, I'll tell you, you can keep all that. I ain't here for that. And because his heart was that way, he interpreted the dream. And guess what? Daniel got all of it anyway. But he wasn't here for that. It wasn't his motivation or his motive. It was love. He just wanted to represent the kingdom of God in the place that he was called to go. That's excellence. That is pursuing excellence using the most excellent way. We got to love. Can we stand? Now, this is a moment and an opportunity. We talked about moments and opportunities when we talked about worship. But now you all are about to be charged with what you know. You no longer can cry ignorance. Even if you don't all the way know that purpose, that assignment, that mountain, you have an inkling, you have a clue. And now you have the accountability of pursuing it with excellence. You're accountable now, period. So I'm going to have the prayer team come up because there are some of you who are nervous. You know you've been called. And just that knowledge alone has you nervous. Like, Lord, I don't know. I, I get it. When he said, do this, I, was, I said yes. On the outside, my head was doing this. On the inside, I was doing this. I was, I was, I was good where I was, Lord. I was, I was chilling. But I was previously stated, 
You'll never be called to do anything for God that won't require you to seek him to do it. So if you're not nervous, that ain't it. He'll never call you to do something that you can do in your own strength. So if you've been called to do something and you got that thing figured out, try again. Go back to the drawing board and ask again. And so if you are nervous or if you just want somebody to touch and agree with what you need in order to accomplish what God has called you to do, you should come down for prayer. You should not worry about who's on your left and who's on your right. Because the goal is for God to get the glory out of your life. And if you know you need somebody to just partner with you, like either I don't know or I kind of know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm not all the way sure how to make this happen. I want to be excellent. I'm, I'm average. I'm decent. I'm not necessarily operating in excellence. We want you to come now so one of our prayer warriors can simply agree with you because there's power in the supernatural realm when two or three come together in his name. And some of you all need help in the supernatural realm to accomplish what God is calling you to accomplish. You're putting all kind of energy in the natural realm and not getting to the place that you know you need to be. That's because you need to push through in the supernatural realm as well. You got to operate in both kingdoms, the natural one and the supernatural. The Bible says they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Spirit represents the supernatural realm. Truth represents the natural realm. So if you need us to partner with you in prayer, don't waste an opportunity. Because there's an expectation of you to act on this word immediately. Because what we're going to do is stop wasting God's time. You're not here on accident. You're not here just to skate through life and make it to the pearly gates. You're here to live on purpose on the earth and then rest in eternity with your father. So the altar is open. If you know that the Lord is speaking to your heart, please come down. Please let us pray with and for you. We want to partner with you in the spirit so that everything that God has called you to do will be manifested on the earth in your lifetime. If you don't need prayer, can you just stretch your hand toward the people that do? Because at all nations of war, nobody prays alone. We believe in the power of not just 
where two or three are gathered, but we believe in the power of corporate prayer. Because when God's children all come together in prayer, it makes room for the supernatural to occur. So Father, we pray for these, your children, that have surrendered to the call on their life, that have acknowledged that they are here for a reason, and that are seeking to know you more so that they can know themselves more. As an act of their obedience, we ask that you honor their request. We ask that you enter into their life, that you enter into their heart, that you enter into their situation, and that you make them into who you created them to be. That you help them to start to see themselves, to see this world, to see their assignment through your eyes. Help them to know your will, help them to know your way. Father, anoint their head, let your presence be felt. Let them to know that they are not alone, that yea, even though they walk through the shadow of death, they will fear no evil because you are there with them. So Father, as they endeavor to take your light into dark places, be their guide. Let your word be a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path. In the name of Jesus, we proclaim victory in the natural realm. We proclaim victory in the spiritual realm. We declare that no weapon formed against them will prosper in the natural realm. We declare that no weapon formed against them will prosper in the spiritual realm. And Father, we cover them. We cover them as their brothers and sisters. We go before your throne on their behalf, calling out their name, pointing in their direction, asking you to completely change their lives, completely change their situation, completely change their outcome. And as a result of their obedience, as a result of their faithfulness, let not just their life be changed, but let generations after them receive as a result of their obedience. Father, bless their children, bless their grandchildren, Bless their sphere of influence. Bless their jobs. Bless their businesses. Bless their calling. Every mountain that you're sending them to, let your light go with them. Help them to shine and shine brightly. Help them to seek you in all that they do. Help them to not seek themselves in their own glory, but that you may get the glory out of their lives. Father, cover them. Father, keep them. Father, help them. Father, guide them. Father, lead them. Father, instruct them. Father, carry them. Father, lift those burdens off of their back. Help them to now run their race lighter. Help them to run their race stronger. Help them to run their race with endurance. Father, we just thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We started this with thank you. We're gonna end this with thank you. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thanked you for what you've done and now we're about to thank you for what you're about to do. Father, we thank you for what victories you granted us in times past. And now this thank you is for the victories that are yet ahead of us. 
Father, we walk in victory even now. <laughs> Father, we walk in victory even now. 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 We walk in the authority that you have granted us before time began as your sons and as your daughters. We thank you that you came and you conquered the cross and that you placed all power in our hands and that we can walk by faith and not by sight. So no matter what things look like, no matter what things seem like, Father, we have the victory because we have faith in you. We have our full trust in you. No matter how tough things seem, no matter how tough things appear, you have granted us the victory. And for that, we say thank you. For that, we say thank you. Thank you for the victory. Thank you for the breakthrough. Thank you that as they go back to their seat, chains are falling off of their minds and that they're beginning to think differently. We thank you that their dreams just got bigger. We thank you that their goals just expanded as a result of you breaking off shackles over their mindsets. And thank you that now they are thinking like kingdom citizens. Thank you for a renewed mind. Thank you for a new way of thinking. Thank you that we have, we have the victory. Can I just pray this over everybody? Lift your hands. Father, download the kingdom to our mindsets. Help us to move and operate and think and strategize like kingdom citizens, like kingdom ambassadors. Help us to take your kingdom everywhere that we go. And as a result, help us to see victory all around us, on our jobs, at our schools, in our neighborhoods, on our businesses, everywhere that our feet go, help us to take the kingdom of God with us. In the name of Jesus, thank you for making us your kingdom citizens your kingdom ambassadors. We don't see lack anymore. We don't see defeat anymore. All we see from the moment we open our eyes back up is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God from this moment forward. Amen. I also want to give the opportunity for anybody. It's a sacred moment that we're in. 
There may be someone who needs to give their life to the Lord. And we definitely champion and cheer for you to do that. We don't embarrass you. Not going to make you come down here, do a handstand or a cartwheel for Jesus. It's going to be real simple because Jesus has already paid it all. So we're not going to make you repay. So with all eyes closed, it's simple. If you need to give your life to the Lord because you know that you have not been living for him, or if you need to rededicate your life back to him because maybe at one point you did surrender, but you have fallen off. It's really simple. When I count to three, I just want you to raise your hand to heaven. You're not raising it to me and nobody else is looking. So on a count of three, if you need to give your life to the Lord, you know whether that's you or not. Or if you need to rededicate your life back to him, you know whether that's you or not. I need you to lift your hand on a count of three. One, two, three. Lift those hands. I see you. Lift those hands. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. All right, put your hands down. We are going to pray for you because nobody prays alone. Okay. So all you have to do for those of you who said that you either want to give your life to the Lord or rededicate your life back to him is repeat after me. And we're all going to say it together because nobody prays alone at All Nations Aurora. So you don't have to feel any shame or like, oh, I want nobody to see. Like, this is between you or God. You and God are about to have a conversation. We're just going to help facilitate it with you because we love you. So repeat after me, Father, in the name of Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And I believe that you are the Son of God and you came to this earth. You lived a perfect life and you died on the cross for me. Not only that, but you snatched the keys of death and the grave for me. And not only that, but you got up on the third day for me. And because you did that for me, I surrender my life to you. Come into my heart, take full control, be the Lord over my life. I am yours from this day forward. In Jesus Christ's name, amen, 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 amen. We celebrate you. Come on, all nations. We celebrate when souls are snatched out of hell. We celebrate when people come home. We say, welcome home. Come on, all nations. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome, welcome home. Last thing I want to leave you with before we do a little special something. If God has told you that this should be your church, we would love to be your church. My wife and I would love to be your pastor. We make it simple. You can go fill out a card at the desk out front. You can scan. Hey, Beverly, turn around. That's one of our ambassadors, right? Turn around and wave your, your, uh, your, your lanyard. You can scan that lanyard. 
and we can get you amongst the family. This is home. God has already told some of y'all this is home, and some of y'all walking in disobedience. Come on, delayed obedience is what? I'm just saying, we would love to be your church. My wife and I would love to be your pastor. Isn't God amazing? Wow, isn't God like amazing? That we can come to him broken, we can come to him messed up, we can come to him with all of our imperfections, and he chooses to give us the victory? Isn't God, does anybody find satisfaction in knowing that we didn't earn a victory? That we shouldn't be waving no W flags? But we got the victory because of his grace and his mercy. What we deserve was hell. What we deserve was to take a loss. But he has decided, I said he has decided to give us the victory. Thank you, Lord, for the victory. We about to go. I know y'all tired of me. So, Father, we just thank you that you came into this place and spoke into our life. And you have equipped us to pursue excellence in the most excellent way. So, Father, as we proceed, as we attempt to be like you and execute black excellence, where you want us to be excellent even in dark places, Father, let your spirit guide us. Let your spirit help us. Let your spirit instruct us in the ways that we should go. We surrender our lives back to you so that your perfect will can be done. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. And all God's people said, we'll see you next week. Love you. Thank you for joining us today. For more ways to stay connected, visit us at allnationsaurora.com. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and change the world.